calling all overwhelmed coaching and service-based entrepreneurs. Are you struggling with working in and on all the things when it comes to your business? Delegating projects to your team, struggling with apps, tools, and programs that are supposed to make you feel more productive? You are not alone. We have created this podcast for you. Tune in each week to hear how you can create structure within your business, learn when it's time to hire a team, and be the fly on the wall for the episodes when we talk with other entrepreneurs who were in this same situation, but worked through it with the help of a team. Welcome to the Business Managers Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Business Managers Podcast. We've got another good one for you today. With us today is Shannon Giordano. And she will tell you she's not a digital native, but she loves social media when it's used for good, to connect us, to share authentically, and to build relationships. What gets her out of bed in the morning, other than her three-year-old Chinook pup, Gracie, and the need to get her kids up for school, is helping midlife women, business owners, and entrepreneurs build the social media community they dream of. Welcome, Shannon. Thank you so much. It's so fun to be here. We are so excited that you are here. We've known you now for a few years, and um, it's a long time coming to get you on the podcast, so welcome. I really appreciate it. You guys are doing such a great job with this. I love it. Thank you. It's been fun. It's been a, mm. it's been a fun ride. So Melissa is mute today. We're gonna- <laughs> I am mute. I've just, I'm just sitting here looking at you guys adoringly. So Shannon, tell us what you do, who you work with, and how you work with them. Yeah, you know, it's been, it's evolved what I do, but I mainly spend my time working on strategy for women-owned businesses and women entrepreneurs, trying to figure out what they should be doing on social media, what platforms to be on, how to use those platforms, how to show up, what kinds of posts to do, and thinking strategically so they really understand what's working, what's not working, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, this is huge because I would say that 99% of the people we currently work with their number one thing is social media and how to do it, how to show up, when to post, how to post, where to post. It's all the questions and we can guide them only so, so far, but to have someone that's dedicated to just do that is huge because it's such a, we're at the mercy of these social media platforms. Right. Well, even when we did that survey back when we were going through e4all 87% of the people that we surveyed said that social media was their biggest problem mm. if you want to call it i think problem is exactly what they called it too in their business yeah i mean i think it makes sense and we all fall prey to it it's hard first of all it's ever changing right so you kind of have to stay on top of what's current practice what's really working for people and then you have to be willing to kind of look at what you've been doing, look at the analytics so you know what's working well and what's not. And I think people lose sight of, you know, their tone of voice. And I, by tone of voice, I don't mean speaking voice. I mean, the words you're using, the way that you're talking to people. You know, I've done it too, where you, you think that you're delivering this great message and you realize it's not addressing the pain point of the person you're trying to reach. So constantly keeping in mind, who are those people you're trying to reach? What platforms are they on? When are they online? Are they online after their kids go to bed? Are they online in the middle of the day because they have five minutes? So that, are they at a corporate job and they're online at lunchtime? So you really have to constantly be thinking about what words can I use? What's my tone of voice? How can I you know, really address the pain point of that person that I really want to work with? 
Yeah. So that kind of leads us to having you talk to us about how to shape your tone of voice and how does social media strategy help build a community? Yeah. I mean, I think tone of voice is so fun. So you can, I mean, one of the things I do when I'm first working with someone is have them list a whole bunch of adjectives they would use to describe themselves and their brand. And then ask people around them. Like if you have a following on social media, ask them what words they would use to describe you. Because sometimes you think you're showing up in one way, but you're actually showing up in a totally different way and you didn't realize it. Mm. So, you know, are you trying to have a tone that's really like warm and embracing? Are you trying to be a little snarky, funny so that you can be a little controversial and edgy? You really have to know that about yourself and know what people are receiving from you as well, which I think can be really fun. And then the strategy really comes with, you know, trying some different things out, you know, trying some different kinds of posts, trying some video, trying some hashtags, trying different things. And then a lot of the platforms have great analytics. I mean, Facebook insights, um, Instagram has great analytics. So you can look and see what was, you know, what post resonated most with my, you know, my followers last week and try to figure out why. Was it the time of day? Was it the words you used? Was it video versus something else? Was it the fact that you were in the photo you were sharing, which is always, I think, eye-opening. You know, I, I always say like pre-COVID, I feel like a lot of what people were doing on social media was all these glossy stock photos. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the gifts of COVID is we all started showing up a little bit more authentically, You know, a little bit like life is messy and here's how we are and here's what's going on for us right now, which I think is a good thing. Right. And you talked about, you spoke about analytics and it's not set it and forget it like a crock pot. You literally have to go in and check everything. It's a, that's a full-time job in its own right. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's so true. Engagement in general is, I think people, especially if they want to outsource their social media, they feel like, oh, I should pay a really small amount of money because the person can just throw up some posts for me. Well, that's not really the case. I mean, yes, you can, but then you have to be willing to be online with the engagement because you're not just sharing a post, you know, like pushing content, right? You're sharing something because you want people to talk about it with you. Mm -hmm. You want them to react and make a comment and share it with their friends and say, you know, whatever kind of comment back. So if you're not monitoring engagement and engaging back with people, you're missing a huge opportunity. Yep. It's true. There's a lot of people that will do that. They'll have people go ahead, schedule posts, and then that's it. And they drop it and run it. You you drop it and run. You really do need to be in there as the business owner, because you, especially coaches, you, you're coaching, not, not me or not you as the scheduler of the social media or the right. strategist, you can help to a point. And I feel like, like you touched upon everything is a test. And that's the fun thing about social media too. Like, We get that question a lot. Like, what do you think I should post? Throw something out there, not throw it out there, but throw something out there intentionally. (laughs) See how it does. It's, it's, everything's a test and that's the fun part of it. Like what, what landed and what really didn't land. It's so true. Cause sometimes you pour over posts and then you share something that's lighthearted and fun. And that's the thing that resonates most with your following. And that's not a terrible thing. I mean, you really need to have a mix of posts, right? I'm sure you, you, when you work with clients, like you feel the same way. I always call it the rule of thirds, you know, a third of the time you can be promotional and you can be overtly promotional, or you can be the humble brag promotional, whatever feels good or testimonials or whatever that's really promoting what you're doing. But a third of the time you have to be kind of informational, educational, let me teach you something. Let me show you something that I know, or give you a quick tip. That's really going to help you and change things for you. And then a third of the time should just be lighthearted fun. Because, yeah. you know, if you're constantly doing the same kind of posts, even people who love you will tune you out. 
Yeah. It's all about that no like and trust factor. It always comes back to that. Absolutely. And variety is the spice of life. It ladies. sure is. <laughs> yes, it is. For it's sure. our favorite spice to use. <laughs> <laughs> I love it though. Like, and I did, I, you know, I went to school for communication and we talked all about communication from the beginning of time up until now. And, you know, people would say social media is a fad. It's going to go away. No, it's just, that's probably how people felt about newspapers and like mm -hmm. then the internet it's, it's just the next level of communication. And if you don't embrace it, you're going to get lost in the dust. It's just it used to be one way communication and then it was two way communication. Now it's like everyone, it's like group communication. So you just, yeah. yeah I mean, I guess you could say that a newspaper was the old fashioned way of social media because it was just printed. It wasn't digital. Right. Right. Yeah, and the beauty is there's so many options. So when a client or someone says to me, I hate Twitter, I think, well, good. You should not be on Twitter. Don't be somewhere that you hate, you know, like, right. or if someone says, I really don't like Facebook. And I said, well, have you tried Facebook groups? Because right. that's a deeper way to connect with people. So you have to mm -hmm. kind of, obviously you need to be on social media platforms that your competitors are on in order to be able to win business. But then you should pick things based on what feeds your soul. What do you love? Like in whatever it is about that platform, try to do more of that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. This, I have many questions and hopefully you'll not yeah. mind some of my questions, but like <laughs> some things that come up that I've, that have come up before in conversation, like what do you, what do you say to people when they, say that really they do, you know, I don't have a Facebook page because I do all my selling on my personal profile. Like, do you run into that a lot? Yeah. And I, you know, you can do that. You can do that. But the, the problem is that if you really want to scale your business, you don't want to have to be friends with everybody that buys from you. Right. So in order to have the business page, then they can follow you. They can like your page, but they don't have to know your personal stuff. And I think that you also run the risk of constantly sharing promotional stuff to all your friends who love you that are going to get bored with it. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's interesting. I think it's much better to have the business page a, because you can get analytics and you can know it's working because on a personal profile, you don't have analytics. You can see how many people like to post post, but you can't see all the other stuff around that. And then you don't have to be friends with everybody, which is great. And you don't burn out your audience. You know, you don't make your friends feel like, Oh gosh, there she is selling. A there she goes again. Yeah. Right. You know, so it's, I think it's just, I don't know, it's better overall. And it doesn't mean that you can't cross share, you know, mm -hmm. you can put some personal stuff on your business page. So people get to know you and you can put a business post on your Facebook, your personal Facebook page as much as you know, you want, but just, I don't know. I really feel like keeping them separate is smarter. Yeah, for sure. And like you said, like with so many platforms, I mean, we're just talking Facebook and Instagram, but there's Twitter and Pinterest and LinkedIn. And I really feel like this is more not like picking your brain, but I feel like, you know, LinkedIn really is starting to pick up more like steam. Finally, I feel like when it first came out, it was people just looking for jobs and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And now it's people are sort of moving away from there because it's a little less noisy than Facebook has been the last handful of years. So yeah, I think LinkedIn's really evolving. I mean, mm -hmm. they're obviously doing things like hashtags now, which is kind of interesting. That was never there before. 
I really like LinkedIn for conversation. I think mm. it's a great tool. And I think you can keep your posts a little bit more business focused, but you can still let your personality come through. And I think that even the personal profile on LinkedIn has changed. Like it used mm. to read exactly as a resume, right? It was sort of like, Shannon is a digital marketing expert, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and now I always say to people, you need to use keywords in your titles. Like I remember when I first started my business, I, I put, you know, serendipity social media founder. And this, this woman said to me, she was a LinkedIn expert. She said, yeah, no one's searching for you under founder. <laughs> I thought, good point. Yeah. Right. So then I changed it to like other fun things like brand strategist, social media specialist, like stuff that people would care about. And you can have fun with it. You can put things like connector of people, you know, lover of nature. You can really you can have multiple things in that that section of title. And then the second thing I think that's uh, the beauty is the about section. So that's where it used to be very resume like now it should be written in the first person and it should, I always call it your superpower section. It's where you tell people what your superpower is and you can say it conversationally. Like I'm continually inspired by blah, 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 blah. So I think you can have a lot more fun still staying in the businessy parameters of LinkedIn. I, I think LinkedIn is really a new frontier and in, in coming mm-hmm. age. I love and it. I think I, heard recently they're starting to have video too, which is new. Yeah. There's a lot of new, you know, I think that they, they want to compete with Facebook yeah. and Instagram, right? So there's yeah. always going to be that stuff evolving, but yeah, it's, it's really, I think it's going to be fun to see what happens. Absolutely. So I have a question for you about your systems. How do you stay organized? You know, it's such a good question. And I, you know, I am so late to the game with systems. Like I really did everything manually. If I was talking to a client today and I knew I wanted to follow up with them in a week, I would just put a little note in my calendar next Tuesday. (laughs) Call Sally. Right. It's crazy. And I'm a big list maker and I love lists. I will always have a paper notebook with lists because it's just my MO. But I feel like I've finally grown up in the last year, you know, working with you guys and, you know, you guys turned me on to 17 hats as a CRM and lead pages for um, landing pages and active campaign for emails. So connecting all of those, I mean, hiring someone like you guys, it's like the best money you can spend to get yourself. And I didn't mean to plug. I'm, I'm not. I'm we not appreciate gonna, that. Plug away. <laughs> so true. Cause there are, you know, I, I was like, banging my head against the wall, trying to figure this stuff out that I'm not good at. It's not yeah. my special. Like I couldn't figure it out, which is why I had all these manual processes, but now I don't because of Yeah. And sometimes paper is still good. Like yeah. I've been touting, you know, Melissa got me into this, but bullet journals, like that's now mm-hmm. my jam is yeah, totally. the bullet journal. Cause it's, I don't know. For me, it works a little bit different than a notebook. It's and then every once in a while, there's a cattail that comes through the podcast <laughs> video. You just never know what's going to happen. But yeah, like sometimes paper is still good and I embrace that. But yeah, system so satisfying about like checking off a box yeah. or crossing yeah. something out. Sometimes crossing I write things down just to cross them off, even yeah. though I know I already did them. Hours yeah. ago. <laughs> and you get annoyed when you have to take something that you didn't get done and put it on the next to-do list. So yeah, it helps you. Yeah, it helps you stay, keeps you honest as they it's good for the mind, you know, to see what you've done. Yeah. Completed. Absolutely. I agree. So that's good. I mean, I like that. And congratulations to you for, for getting systemized. Cause we still talk to a lot of people. That's like, they are coaches or work with clients, you know, one-on-one and they're, they've got a stack of, you know, folders, paper in it. And they're like, "Eh, how do I make this digital? It's like, yeah, one, one page by one page, very slowly, you know, 
it's just so much more efficient to pay somebody who's expert at doing those things than to trying to figure out them yourself. And I, and I think it, we all fall prey to it when you first start your company, right? You think mm-hmm. I've got to learn all this stuff. I've got to figure it all out myself. I'm bootstrapping it. I'm, you know, figuring it out, but there comes a time when you realize it's not scalable and you're making yourself crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's time to get a team. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, along with productivity comes, you've got, you've got kids and you've got your dog. It's like, how do you, it's quiet there. Are they in school? Like what's happening? Uh, they are. Yeah. Yes. They are five days a week right now, which is great. Yeah. But you're still running around to different things. I mean, I saw you posted a couple of weeks ago. I think that you were doing work while one of the boys was, you know, doing a sport, right? Yeah. Like, so yep. you, you grab those times when you can. I definitely do. But I've even evolved that. Like, I, you know, it's so funny. When I first started my company in 2013, my boys were in the second grade. And I remember thinking, oh, if I'm not going to a corporate job every day, I'm going to work out. I'm going to get super fit. I'm going to not work as many hours. (laughs) You know, like I totally relate to that. Right. Because you think, (laughs) oh, I'm not commuting and I don't have to be at the, you know, 10 hour a day corporate job, which none of those things happened. Like I, for the first couple of months, I realized I don't even think I was showering very often. um, And I definitely wasn't working out. And I was telling my kids to be quiet all the time. Like, be quiet. I'm working. Be quiet. I got to get work done. And now by putting systems in place, now I finally feel like I have this balance of if I want to take the afternoon off and go to a track meet, I totally can. And I do, but I do steal those moments too, where I'm sitting in the car for an hour and I have my computer and my hotspot and I get a little work done. So you, you know, you balance it out because that way then, you know, we can have a cookout in the backyard and I'm not thinking about work, which is new. Right. It's great. Especially with the nice weather coming and thinking about like our parents, when we were growing up, it was maybe the parents weren't there. They didn't get to break away from work to go see the kids have a track meet or go to the play or do the thing. You know, it was always, you had to stay at work and stay at the office. So Mm -hmm. the nomad life, you know, as I'm learning where you can just pick up and kind of go, I mean, that's a little bit more drastic to go pick up and go, but like even day-to-day stuff or taking the afternoon off because we are always connected to our yeah like my my dad being in the hospital last week i was able to take my computer and spend the day with him while he slept the day away you know it's great to have that flexibility in my corporate job i couldn't have done that right it's so good it really is it's it's so good and it's so much better for your balance to just you know unplug and not think about it when you want to yeah well let's shift back a little bit something you touched upon earlier hashtags so this this is another thing that comes up a lot where do i use hashtags how many do i use when do i use them do i use the same ones how, how come they're not working how can i tell they're working so what do you have some best practices that that you recommend when using hashtags across platforms or do you do you not yeah you know so I get asked a lot about hashtags too. I mean, ultimately hashtags do a lot of things, right? One of the things that they do is they categorize your work and who you are. So even though we complain about the algorithm on Facebook and Instagram, by using hashtags, you're telling that platform who you are so that they serve your content up to more people who would care about it. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're a bakery, you want to hashtag bakery, hashtag gluten-free bakery, hashtag, you know, whatever, if you're a florist and you want to use those kinds of hashtags. I think that hashtags differ based on platform. So with, you know, Facebook, I think you want to use just a couple of hashtags. I think more than that can sometimes seem salesy or spammy and the algorithm dings it. 
on Instagram, you can use up to 30 and you should. There's no mm-hmm. reason why not to. LinkedIn now is serving up hashtags you can use. I think of hashtags in different buckets too. Like one of the hashtag buckets would be keyword hashtags. So that's where you're describing who you are. Hashtag florist, hashtag rose lover, hashtag, you know, petals by Shannon, if I was a florist. New business um, name. Yeah, right. I'm going to start a florist. I know nothing about flowers and I have no thumb. So that's going to go under really quickly. Um, <laughs> but the second bucket, I think, are trending hashtags. So, you know, Manic Monday, Taco Tuesday, though you can use those, leverage them here and there especially if there, if there are some kind of fun and new trending ones. And then the third would be a branded hashtag, right? So you're going to brand it as hashtag serendipity social, um, hashtag Mergio enterprises. So, and you're going to be the only one using that hashtag, but that's okay. You're just going to start building up how many people are seeing that over time. So it's going to help with visibility. It helps categorize LinkedIn. I would say you want to use more keyword hashtags. LinkedIn doesn't necessarily care about taco Tuesday. LinkedIn cares more about, you know, social media marketing, hashtag strategist, hashtag, and and pay attention to the ones that LinkedIn is sharing or telling you to try, because those will help with, um, help with the algorithm. So overall, I think that, you know, hashtags are really important to try. And I think that you can have a, that, you know, I know a lot of people use a scheduler and they schedule a post across platforms, wherever you can not do that for hashtags, you're going to probably be better off um, Mm -hmm. because you definitely don't want to have 30 hashtags on a Facebook post. One thing I do tell clients if they want to do that is schedule the post on Facebook and Instagram. And then on Instagram, be the first commenter and put the 30 hashtags in as a comment. Mm. There's a lot of thinking about how to hashtag. And back in the day, you put the post out there and you put the hashtags in the post. And then it became sort of like, oh, that's so amateur because no one wants to have to read through your hashtags. So then everyone started doing the asterisks. So they got the post and then the three asterisks and then all the hashtags. (laughs) And that's still used. A lot of people still do that. That's still seen as professional. But some people have been saying that there's some good data about putting the hashtags in as the first commenter because that's sending the post back through the algorithm again. So, you know, you can try different things. You could even try a similar post and have one of them have the hashtags in the post on Insta and one of them have the hashtags in the comment and see if you get any kind of different engagement on that. So testing, we're back to testing. I know. You got to try it. And then in six months, it'll be second comment, right? Like the second <laughs> comment will be the one. I know. But it is. I, I mean, it's changing it's all the time. Yeah. yeah. You got to stay on your A game, folks. I know. It's so true. Mm-hmm. And it, it's changed. It's so funny. I was just listening to some podcasts about social media and about how, especially with Facebook, I mean, all the platforms, but specifically Facebook, it used to be that, you know, you'd share an article, you'd link someone over to that article, they would read it, and you tell a little bit about why you think it was important to them. And now Facebook is getting really savvy and saying, no, no, we don't want you to send people off the platform. We want right. you to keep people on the platform. So you're seeing a lot more longer Facebook posts because mm-hmm. you got to tell, you almost have to blog within your post in order to tell them something instead of sending them over to your blog. So you know, you still at times need to send people to your website. And I think that that's good to do. But the more often you can keep people in the platform, longer form posts are they're becoming kind of of the day. Yeah. And then people are putting a link in the comments on Facebook to, right. yeah. So there's ways to beat the algorithm, I guess. But, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, he's always watching and he's going to keep us on our toes. It's like so we always thought our mother had eyes in the back of her head. So does he. <laughs> he true. has a team of people and they all have eyes in the back of their yeah, head. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Melissa's got a question that she, uh, it's this becoming, is my favorite. Yeah. It's become our, our favorite. What do you got? Uh, do you have a favorite business related book that you would like to share with our audience? 
Sure. So recently I've been, and actually Monica Rogers turned me on to this book. It's called The Content Fuel Framework. And it's kind of cool. It's like a whole workshop in a book telling you how to build content. Because I think when you're, when you're on social media, sometimes the ideas flow, right? Like you have great things you want to share, you know exactly what you want to say. And sometimes you look at the week ahead of you and you think, oh my gosh, I don't know what I want to tell people this week. I don't know what I want to share, especially coaches and people that are sharing of themselves, right? So this book has like a systematized approach to how to come up with different types of content. You can almost have a grid of all these different types of content. You can plan it out. So I like that because there are definitely times when I can't think of anything to post about. And I also am a huge lover of quote books. I'm, mm. I don't know what it is, but this one is, I have this one called Whatever You Are, Be a Good One. And it's just oh, a I lot like of that. quotes inside from different, from poets, from famous people. And I, I love a good like inspirational quote. And I, sometimes I search on Pinterest for them, but I do love those little coffee table books that just have like fun things in them. Because that can even spark content too. I mean, you find a quote that you really like and resonates with you, throw it in there and you know. Yeah, absolutely. You could write an email about it. You could write a blog about it. You could create a Canva graphic and throw the quote on it. As long as you attribute it to the person that, you know, actually said it, then you're fine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I really like, I love quotes. Me too. Like yeah. Me too. And all I'm famous for misquoting the quote. Like I, sometimes <laughs> I have to Google it. I have this one quote that I really love and I don't even know who said it, but it's like, I don't know, facing a challenge is like jumping off a cliff and building your wings on the way down. Yeah. I love that, but that is not the exact quote because I can never remember the exact quote, but I really love the sentiment. So I need to get, I need to figure out the real quote and like hang it on my window or my door, like something that I can look at so that when I say it to people, I can tell them what the real quote is. Right. Instead of paraphrasing every time. And then it's become your quote. Right. This quote has become your quote for the for the rest and of that's time. Okay. I yeah. know I can't remember quotes and I can't tell a joke to save my life. You know, when well, you get I mean, you do an icebreaker and someone says, okay, everybody tell their favorite joke. I'm like, ah, I got nothing. I, right. I'm with you. Oh, but the one that I always do is um, a horse walks into a bar and the bartender says, hey, why the long face? <laughs> <laughs> that one doesn't get old, though. And I always do Pete and repeat. We're in a boat. Pete fell out. <laughs> Who was left? Repeat. Pete and repeat, we're in a boat. Like, oh, <laughs> I know. That's a good one. That's a great one. When you're like, when my kids were little, I would do that. And then they get to an age where their eye roll. Right. Like, oh, God. Here comes Pete and repeat again. <laughs> the best I have is knock, knock. Who's okay. there? Orange. Orange who? Aren't you glad to see me? <laughs> wow. I am. Mm-hmm. Grown, <laughs> grown, grown. <laughs> I know. I, I don't know what it is. I really should just buy a joke book and keep it close by so that I can have, I love listening to jokes. And I love laughing at jokes. I just can't remember one to save my life. I'm with you on that as well. We'll mm. get you a good uh, joke book. Yes. So you can put it next year. Joke and quote books. <laughs> That's right. Just don't mix them up. No. <laughs> so where can people find you on the web? Um, where are you the most active? And if they need, if they want to reach out to you, wh- where can they find you? Absolutely. So I am actually relaunching my website. So they'll see two different experiences if they come now versus hopefully in a week or two, but it's uh, serendipitysocialmedia.com. 
on Facebook, Serendipity Social. And that is where I'm trying to be much more disciplined. It's so hard because often I'm logged in as a client and I'm doing their stuff and I forget to do my own. So I'm trying to hold myself accountable for all the strategy things I tell clients to do. And then Shan, S-H-A-N-N Giordano on Twitter and on Instagram as well. So I'm happy to connect Shannon at serendipitysocialmedia.com. Happy to talk with anyone anytime. Awesome. Well, it was really great to have you here today. Thank you so much. Thank you guys. I love being here. So stay tuned for our next episode. Who knows? And like we like to say, you never know what's going to happen when you're, when you're on the show. Uh, if we had hit record prior to when this interview started, it would have been a whole different show. Just so you know, <laughs> totally. one of these days we'll have to do some behind the scenes stuff, but for, for now, now, what happens on the podcast stays on the podcast before you hit record. <laughs> and uh, we'll keep you guessing. Exactly. And mm-hmm. tell your friends. So thank you, Shannon. And we'll see everybody next week. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Did you enjoy today's episode? If you did, help us grow with a follow, rate, and review. Check us out online at MergioEnterprises.com and on Facebook and Instagram at Mergio Enterprises. See you next week and tell your friends.